first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. All who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. When Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on that day when according to my gospel God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Peace be with you, the reader. He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity among the Great pleasure this morning to have with us Father Vasili and Presidenta Maria Hillhouse and their four boys. And uh, it would be 
negligence and malpractice if I didn't ask Father Vasily to preach. And uh, I asked him if he needed any notes or a pulpit, and he said no. And I said, you really should take your preaching more seriously. <laughs> Thanks, Father. <laughs> and in the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This past week, we had the feast of Saints Peter and Paul, the leaders of the Apostles. And then the very next day, the Feast of the Synaxes of all 12 of the Apostles. And if you, um, as part of your spiritual discipline, you're used to reading the readings for the day. Some people will just read a chapter a day, others will follow the readings. And if you do do that, I really recommend the app that you can get on your phone that has the readings for every day and the saint of the day so you don't miss anything. But if you've been following along and doing the gospel readings for this week, almost all of them have to do with the apostles in their early ministry or their calling um, by Christ to become apostles and disciples of Jesus. And today we have a continuation of that theme um, because this is the second Sunday after Pentecost. And that Sunday, this Sunday today, is appointed to read from Matthew the calling of the disciples, who we might think the four big ones, the two, two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew and James and John, the sons of thunder. And I read, recently read a contemporary, um, contemporary theologian's homily on, on this gospel. And he made a very interesting point that this area of Galilee, where Christ grew up in Nazareth, and where these brothers grew up, is only about four miles away. And though they didn't have cars like we do now, so they didn't get around quite as much as we do, still, four miles is pretty close. I guess it'd be like Beaverton and Hillsborough. And so you can imagine, say, we were Jews waiting for the Messiah. We grew up here in Beaverton. And all of a sudden, some man from Hillsborough comes and says, follow me. You know, basically, people start saying, this is the Messiah. He's from Hillsborough. <laughs> Hillsborough. Not Portland, but Hillsborough. Right? Right? That's kind of the reaction we might have. Yet, if we look at the gospel today, we see both Peter and Andrew and James and John left everything. They didn't question, who's this guy from Hillsborough? Who's this guy from Nazareth, right? They immediately, it's the gospel says, left everything and followed after him. Now, we don't know if the dialogue went any further, if there was a, okay, so we're following, if they're leaving and disciples are kind of saying, okay, now, well, now what? So do we get to go say goodbye to our parents, our wife, or anything? We don't know what kind of conversations went on after the fact. But we know that for this moment, the moment we heard today, Christ simply said, follow me. And they left everything and followed him. Now the gospel gives us an historical account of all the things that Christ did in his ministry. Well, not everything. But it is a history. It's the history of salvation. But it's more than just a history because it's also applicable to our daily lives. So every gospel passage that we read, though it's a history, a story of something, we enter into that story and we also apply it to our own life. So what does this calling of the apostles mean for you and me today? We're not there. We didn't live in Galilee. We weren't called by Christ as fishermen to become fishers of men. But we live today in Beaverton. And we have a beautiful church. And we're still called. 
Christ still calls you and He still calls me. He calls all of us. On the macro level, we're all called to the same thing. And that is salvation. A relationship with Christ and a bond of perfect intimacy and freedom and love and joy. That's what you're called to. That's what I'm called to on the macro level. And then we can also see certain individuals who are called apart to serve the church, whether in ordination or as chanters or teachers. And these things are more tangible maybe for us. Right? It's kind of easier to to find a calling where you get to serve the church directly. But what about most of us who aren't called to serve in that way? What is Christ calling us to today? What is He calling us to now? I think it's worth taking time to be a little introspective, to pray, to be quiet, maybe to even talk with our Father Confessor or Spiritual Father, and make sure we know what Christ is calling us to. Because we're all called to something. It is salvation. Yet, the pathways are all different. We're called to love those around us. We're called to serve those in need. Maybe to love those that nobody else loves. Look at the position you are in your life now. Where are you? Are you married? Are you single? Do you have children? Do you have a demanding job? Are you able to serve the church part-time? Are you in school preparing for something? It doesn't matter where we are. God is calling us to love Him through those circumstances. He's calling us to love Him through the person next to us. And in loving Him... And in serving the person next to us, and in serving how and where we should be serving, we're going to become purified. We're going to become purified and attract the grace of God, and then we will be apostles, just like those who are called today. It's interesting that we have four very simple fishermen, who are probably very good at their craft, yet they were fishermen. They weren't practiced homiletics. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't receive training to start this brand new movement that would take over the world. They were fishermen. But with God's grace and their obedience, look what happened. Without them, there's not this. Without them, we don't have what we have today. And so, I think what this tells us is that we all have plans. We all have dreams, fears, insecurities, all these things that help put us where we are right now. But it's worth being quiet and asking the question, am I doing now what God wants me to be doing? What if He calls me to do something different? What if I have to leave behind all that I've been working for? Is it worth it? Am I ready? Am I ready to let go of my will? Am I ready to let go of my imaginary space that I've created for myself that I think God wants for me? The disciples were simply fishermen. They worked all their life. They were probably very good by this at this point. Successful. They had families that depended on them. Yet they were willing to let go of everything. They had to let go of their hopes and dreams. Their fears and insecurities. Even their brokenness. They had to let go of all of it and follow Christ. And He dealt with their infirmities. 
He dealt with their sicknesses and their fears. And He helped them form new hopes and new dreams. And He gave them the bread of life. Being here on this Sunday especially reminds me of my own calling. Of working here to do something that I thought I was going to be doing. And yet I got called to a faraway place. A place I hadn't envisioned spending the remainder of my life. And yet, this is where God has planted me. I don't know if I'll be there the rest of my life in Alaska, but I certainly will be there for the foreseeable future. And I have found a rewarding and enriching and beautiful ministry. And I am at peace and have joy serving somewhere that I had no desire to go. (laughs) Whatsoever. Yet God knows how to save us better than we know how to save ourselves. He sees a very clear pathway, the best pathway. And He'll set us upon that path if we're willing to be open and be obedient to His Word and follow His commandments. We heard in the epistle today that it's not simply the readers and the knowers of the law that are righteous before God, but the doers. But the doers. Certainly we want to be doers and keepers of the law. And first and foremost in that is loving the Lord God with everything we have. And that means we're willing to lay down all of it. Everything we've been working for, everything we're holding on to, we have to be willing to let go of so that we can follow Him into the kingdom. This shouldn't make us sad. This shouldn't make us anxious. Because in the kingdom is more beauty and joy than we could ever imagine. If we follow Him and we're willing to let go, if we can practice a little stillness and be quiet and listen to His voice just a little bit and follow Him, we will have all of this and more. May it be so for every single one of us. Amen.